podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome to the Five Year Plan Podcast. Hey. Hey. Well, that's not too bad, given what happened on Monday night. Um, it's Pod Three Ninety Six. Uh, I'm Jim Daly. Joining me, I know we're very close to the Big Four Hundred. Uh, joining me, Kevin Day. Hello. Hello. Dick. How are you? Well, it's turning cold, so I'm quite happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm right. I'm Every re- year, <laughs> I'm recovering. Good, yeah, good. We will talk about that game on Monday, of course, coming up soon. Uh, also joining us, Joe Walker. Joe, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Surprisingly chipper. I thought I might need a, a bit longer to <laughs> get over it, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling quite, feeling quite optimistic. Surprisingly, but we'll get to that. Good. Let's balance that out with Andy Street. <laughs> <laughs> Hello to you. Hello. How are you doing? Uh, pretty much the same as I am for every pod. I've oh, got good. consistency of emotional state, as you well know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do indeed, having uh, known you for the best part of 20 years. Um, let's do a shout out to a random patron. Can I get a drum roll, please? Uh, it's Camilla Nielsen. Oh, hi, Camilla. Hi, Camilla. Hello, hi, Camilla. Camilla. A recent joinee. Is that a word? Oh. That is now. Of our patron. And you can get all the rewards like Camilla does, including post match podcasts after every game, uh, patron only merchandise, and access to the patron only Discord club. We've moved to Discord now from WhatsApp and uh, it's popping off indeed. What's so, Discord? Uh, it's, an, it's an app that's, that, that is used for uh, a lot of podcasts used to do community stuff. So it's it's better than WhatsApp, basically, for this kind of thing. Why is it better than WhatsApp? You can do breakout rooms. We've got breakout rooms for obviously Rob's on a plane chat room, and then there's a fantasy football room, and there's there's one for pod questions, etc. There's a what room? A fantasy room. A fantasy football room. Kevin, come on. There are I'm sure there are Discords (laughs) like that, but uh, that's not what happens in the FYP. Why have have they named a, a site after what Andrew Street spreads everywhere he goes? (laughs) <laughs> it's discontent thank you not discord I'm sorry right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway you can get access to that at patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast uh, patrons get 20% off merchandise of course by immediately joining but anyone can buy merchandise from the FYP range at podcastmerch.co.uk forward, forward slash FYP hyphen podcast uh, don't forget tickets are still available for our live podcast on Thursday the 11th of November at the Streatham Space Project with a very special former palace legend joining us for a live Q&A on stage Tickets are available at eventbrite.co.uk 
uh, and there's not many left. So uh, get onto that soon if you want to come along. And next weekend, I think, Kevin, it's the Palace for Life Marathon March. How's your training? Uh, week, weekend after that, yeah, 9th of, 9th of October. That's right. How's your training yeah, you, going? You panicked me then. All right, actually, not bad. I'm up to uh, 12 miles, I, I believe, from the uh, pub trainer that I've been following, that I shouldn't do more than that. He reckons, I've, he reckons I'm fine now. Okay, you a lot of your a lot of your sort of uh, important people are pub 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 based like pub lawyer pub trainer. Yeah, yeah, I can't afford the real thing, so I have to oh, ask random people in pubs. Are they all the same? Are they all the same person? It's the same person, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Barry. It's Barry in the back. Of course, it is. Of course <laughs> it is. Uh, well, listen, we are obviously hoping to raise as much money as possible for the Palace for Life Foundation. Uh, last year, we raised £2,800. I'd love it if we could hit 3K this year, which would be amazing. So if you'd like to donate um, to the uh, FYP team on the Marathon March, which includes me, Kevin, of course, Andy, Rob, uh, and Jesse, and Julian Chenry as well, so our, our team from last year, I go to justgiving.com forward slash fundraising forward slash FYP Marathon March 2021. That's a nice, easy, memorable URL. Um, we'd love your donations. Let, let's get us over 3K this year. That would be fantastic. Yeah, and can I, can I point out, if we don't get an MBE after doing it this year, <laughs> I, I'm not doing it again next year. This will be five running that we haven't got some kind of recognition. It's unacceptable, isn't it? It's just like FYP at the podcast awards each year oh. as well, just overlooked again <laughs> unbelievable um let's let's talk about monday night then kevin uh yes. the big one Vieira's first clash with brighton i'm not going to use the word derby uh but Vieira's first big game really um a one-all draw in part two with the help of the athletic we are going to talk about palace's new expansive exciting approach which i think we can all agree we saw on monday let's let's concentrate quickly on the the equalizer that went in the mope goal uh, we've had quite a few questions on that. Uh, it's quite a, it's quite a uh, interesting theme from that. Um, FPL Taxi, Hi, Taxi has said, given the number of times we've recently mugged Brighton, does Monday's miscarriage of justice feel slightly less painful? <laughs> and then he put no. thought, thought not. No. So <laughs> how are you feeling about it, Kevin? Oh, I, all I can say is that the surprising number of Palace fans who seem to think that you know what goes around comes around and of course all the Brighton fans saying we did the same to them stop living in the past come on it's 2021 what's the matter with you it's a new season don't dwell on ancient history felt like a defeat <laughs> I mean that's the, that's the thing it felt like a defeat um, Vieira said the right things about playing Brighton beforehand and clearly sent the team out in the right emotional frame of mind for such a big game <laughs> played really well <clears throat> lost to a goal that was so easily avoidable. That was a sad thing about it. From from basically, uh, initially, I thought, and they're live, I thought Gaeta had completely mucked. I thought Gaeta had literally passed to their play, but it wasn't that. And it, yeah, yeah, no one's to blame, but Gerhi should have done better, and it's a shame because he had such a good game. So I was, really, I, was, I was angry and disappointed and frustrated, but... It didn't take long for that to disappear. Right? It's the fourth game in a row that we've played either the team that were top or would have gone top had they beaten us. So take take out the emotion of who we were actually playing on Monday night. We were playing a team that was third, a team that would have gone top. So objectively, it's a good result and it, it was clearly a good performance. In those four games, there's been two and a half of them when we've been the better footballing team. And the one game we lost... We played decent football in, and, and what consoled me most to people everything is by the time I got home and Ed had watched it on telly with his partner, so he was he'd had the 
glass of wine open already. The glass was left in the bottle that he'd nearly finished. <laughs> <laughs> he, was, he was so angry. But basically, you've got home and there's Thierry Henry and, and uh, Jamie Carragher talking about how much they enjoy watching Palace this season and what an attractive team they are. So suddenly, you kind of feel, yes, we, we should have won. We deserve to win. We didn't. But this is a very different Palace side to, to the one where we've been used to. And it's... At the moment, it feels exciting to be part of that. And so that that really tempered the disappointment, to be perfectly honest. The style of the performance was was what I'd rather remember than the actual result. Yeah, and I think most Palace fans will. I didn't actually get to the game on Monday because uh, I couldn't get enough petrol in my car. So victim of the <laughs> fuel shortage from a living out here in the sticks. Um, so I watched it on TV. But again, um, Carrigan and, and Omri were just so complimentary about Palace. And Carrigan was saying also we were unlucky against Liverpool the week before. So that is nice to see. Can we just, Joe, then absolve Guaita of blame or are we sharing the blame between him and the centre-backs? And I've seen a few people online start to say, well, I mean, one person, I won't name them, has messaged in saying, is it time for Butland to be in goal? I mean, Guaita... Not Chelsea. (laughs) Guaita has made mistakes before that Sheffield United game a couple of seasons ago where he dropped a corner in, but after that was still a fantastic goalkeeper. I mean, goalkeepers are going to make mistakes and any goalkeeper... A Crystal Palace, if he's if he's if he's mistakeless, wouldn't be a Crystal Palace. So, how do you feel about this at the equaliser? Um, I before we get to the goalkeeper, I think the equaliser exposed something. It was our our main weakness on Monday night was their goalkeeper Sanchez, I believe his name is. Yeah, he's got a hell of a kick. Like his long pass, it was really low and flat, and it caught us over the top about three or four times over the ninety minutes, and we got away with. It generally, but until the very end. And um, that might show a particular kind of route that people might take against us moving forward. If that's their only kind of, if that's our Achilles heel. Um, as for the uh, Guaita, I remember on the opening day at Chelsea, he had some similar kind of nervy uh, two touches passing. A lot of that was because the ball he was getting was under pressure from a, a center back that was probably a bit nervous as well. And it all, the whole thing just oozed of, well, the, whatever the opposite of oozing of confidence is, just nerves. <laughs> and Seeping so, nerves. Yeah. And so over, over the last few games, I think that, that, that had gone. Um, but ever since that opening game, I did think, oh, maybe Guaita perhaps is less of, out of everyone that's come in in the back four, besides maybe Ward is the one that's least likely to adapt to the kind of right, just zipping the ball around at the back. Um, whether it's time for Butland to come in at this point already, I don't know. I feel that uh, that's nothing against Butland, but I just, I just, I'm not going to hold that one particular kind of slightly sloppy kick against Guaita just yet. It's not a droppable offense. I don't think, but then we don't know how well Butland is playing in training, but yeah, it's, it, it still feels a bit soon. It's still, he's still a great keeper that, we can we can depend on and uh yeah it's if that's our biggest worry at the moment god how far have we come guys mm, honestly yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely, there was, absolutely. There, was, there was talk as well that Gaeta had hurt his shoulder in the 10 minutes before he took that kick there was a couple of tweets that apparently came from within the club to say he was carrying an injury for the last few minutes of the game so that might be the excuse they use if Butland does play on Sunday we will see. Yeah, it was. It's, it's weird, though, Andy, wasn't it? Because it was just like 
once the free kick was given, you were like, oh, this is great. It's going to boot this downfield, rest going to blow up. And it was just, it seemed like the most straightforward thing in the world. And then five seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. It was almost, it was almost a shock, really, because that was just such a comfortable position to see the game out from. Yeah, it was uh, always one of Celsius bugbears that people would complain about goalkeepers put the ball straight out of play when they're aiming for a man who's on the touchline to basically get his head on it and, and keep it out of a dangerous area. And I think fans sometimes have wondered why it's not just pinged straight down the middle. <laughs> I guess that was an object lesson in why. Um, yeah, it's obviously a pretty frustrating instance, obviously, though the defence didn't get turned quite as easily and quickly as they should. Gahey should commit his head to it more. Kiate should still anticipate the mistake being made by Gahey. Um, I think all four of them could have done with being slightly better organised from that kick. Did mm. they need to be quite so hard on the pitch? I think you'd probably say yes, but equally they should be anticipating the ball coming back pretty quickly that late on, knowing that at best they would have to d- defend one more serious attack. So uh, uh, another sells the adage is that tr- it's usually three mistakes that lead to a goal and pretty rarely just one single mistake unless it's an absolute clangor or something extraordinary happens and I think that was just one of those instances and a pretty frustrating one given the timing of it in the match yeah it was indeed but as Kevin was saying earlier it was uh, it was just a weird it was just I think Kevin actually that they will those defenders and I know we've been talking a lot on the pod already about wow we've got this new centre-back pairing it's our pairing for the future and all that we are only six games into this new season I think they will learn a lot about playing together and decisions. Or they will learn a lot from from that to, to, to have those few errors just sucker punched back in the way they were. I think you hope it'll be a learning curve for for the whole back four. Well, they'll have to learn fairly quickly because what Joe said is absolutely right. That that three or four times when the long flat ball caught our back four out, and we're playing against Jamie Vardy on Sunday, and if any team are equipped to exploit that sort of ball. It's it's Leicester, so they will they will have to learn. But again, as Joe says, yeah, you know, we're we're focusing on this on this mistake, and and kind of ignoring how well the the rest of the performance was. I mean that that of course it took the gloss off it, but it it, it only took me half an hour to start thinking about the positives, which is really unusual for me. And it's the positives were were great and. If it had been this time last season, and then it was an experienced back four that made that mistake, you'd probably be more cross than you are you are now. Because as, as we've all said, it's a new back four getting used to each other. Vincenti, in particular, also as Joe said, seems to be struggling slightly to get to the pace of the way we want to play. But everywhere else on the pitch, you couldn't fault anyone. Really, I mean, I'm not sure about Edward as Benteke. To be honest, I, I think. I don't think he's going to get as many chances playing straight down the middle as he might do if he was playing slightly wider. Um, but he worked really hard and he really pressed hard. We pressed hard. And Gallagher was, again, was outstanding. Yeah, but but so was Lucas. So was Maka. We, yeah, that's the, the frustrating, frustrating thing about it. We didn't quite create as many clear-cut chances as we have done before. But again, this is Palace. When, when, when have we been annoyed about the slight lack of clear-cut chances compared to before? So the, the, it's a horrible phrase, but the direction of travel is a really, really positive one. Um, and all those doubts I had about Vieira at the start of the season are, are all disappearing, basically. I, I, I just, I'm just actually really enjoying being a Palace fan at the moment. It's, it's great. I mean, it's, it was actually exciting turning up to Sellers Park. Direction of travel, that does sound like an Andy Street 
It's, a, it, it, it's it? probably where I got it from. It's probably in my head. <laughs> yeah. I probably said it in the pub the other night. Like direction of travel. <laughs> sounds so bland. Oh, terrible. Well, thanks, JD. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, <laughs> must, be, must be Andy's in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Cheers, uh, mate. Um, Joe, actually, Kevin sort of touched on something there, actually, earlier on. After the game, you could see the way the two teams are reacting to the point i mean brighton fans were celebrating like they won the fa cup which which i, I did tweet from fyp and then had to delete because people were saying well obviously you would do the same thing and, and we of course we would have done because it's, it's, sure. it's 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 a rivalry and it's a last minute winner but when you look at the two managers afterwards potter saying they're delighted with the point and vieira saying how disappointed they were i guess that also gives you an indication of the progression of oh well, i guess both teams but certainly how well palace played yeah i mean the let's if you just take both league games against brighton last season mm-hmm. As an idea, I think the first game at Sellhurst, we had one shot, which was the penalty. And then we had two shots in the away game, which were the, thankfully were both goals. But we were, <laughs> we were peppered in both of those and came away with four points. But we could see that was unsustainable. That was a word that came up a lot last season. And I feel like in such a short space of time to go to a team that has been playing that way for two, three seasons. You know, Potter is a manager I quite like actually, and is probably going to get, is always in now in the conversation for the bigger jobs. We, we took them at their own game essentially. And, and they looked, they looked really shook. They, they, they were, they were not, I do not think they were expecting us to dominate the ball as much as we did to limit their chances as much as they did. Um, I feel like they only really came into the, a bit more of a confident style of play really when the sort of last 20 minutes, half hour or so as a load of subs started to be made. I don't think our subs did particularly well when they came on, um, but they, that happened, but theirs, they did a change of system. I think they went to a back four and that seemed to, that worked for them. I don't think they do that that often, but yeah, for, but generally across that 90, I can't, it's, it's, a, I'm, I was delighted with how much, I don't think you could just put it down to the, the intensity of the game I, and the rivalry. I just think you can see how quickly we've developed into playing how we want to. Recruitment comes into that, of course, but my gosh, it, it, it's miles away from the kind of, it's almost like it was embarrassing sometimes last season to see how nervous we were against them or how we couldn't get near them on some of those games. I think Townsend might've even said that yeah. in an interview. I said, it's Bobby play Brighton. We can't get near them. And I, that's, you don't want to hear that in your, your big games of the season. And how funny was it though, to hear Graham Potter at the end, moaning about being intimidated. <laughs> it's like, it's a, it's football, mate. It's a derby. It's not a picnic. They were, they were shouting at our players as they went off the pitch. Yeah, of course they were. They were shouting at Lewis Dunk. Yeah. We it's because they're not used to fans shouting at the end. That's what it is. It's as simple as that. Yeah. We yeah, you know, they were shouting at Lewis Dunk and we know why. So let's 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 not pick that scab, Graham. Let's definitely avoid that. Um but subs then, Andy, quickly, because we have had a few questions about those. Um Rob Dobbing. Hi Rob. Hi, Rob. Uh, what do you make of the subs? We bemoan late subs usually, but I felt we went back ten yards when Big Ben mm. and Czech came on. It was weird when I said on a post match pod to Rob, I could I could see the logic behind all the subs when they happened. Yeah. But as Joe said, Brighton did seem to come into the game at that point. So what was your, uh, what was your take on those subs? And I guess Benteke in general, because we have like, quite a few questions about, about Benteke's in, in general. Uh, I, I could see, I could see why we decided to make those subs. Um, Luke had a really good game, but playing that higher press, the energetic style. I mean, the thing that we're doing great at the moment is we're winning the ball back with real aggression high up the pitch. We're not really creating a huge amount of chances, which we can come to in a bit, but we, we are, 
certainly playing at a higher, more frenetic pace. And for a player like Luca, he did really well with it. But I, I think 90 minutes at that pace is not always going to be practicable for him. So I could see why he came off. I would have expected Czech to have been a bit more solid and sturdy than he was, to be honest with you. I thought quite a lot still came through the middle that I wasn't necessarily expecting. You would have expected a fresh pair of legs like Kiarte to have provided some proper ballast in the middle there. And it didn't really happen in my view. And Benteke, I, I really like Christian Benteke. I thought he's had some good games this season and that was unfortunately not one of them. Um, nothing stuck. Again, I could see why the sub was made. Uh, it, you know, they were pushing forward. It would have allowed us to go more direct in the hope that he would hold the ball up. But I mean, his performance is unfortunately typified by that short corner with five minutes to go where he tries to hold it and just comes to nothing and immediately gives the ball back. Um, and I don't think you can necessarily legislate for making two subs where two of them don't, just don't perform particularly well, particularly, unfortunately, in the case of Benteke as it was. So, I, yeah, I mean, I, obviously we were starting to drop back, but that's always going to happen. Brighton do have quality, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> and they were always going to press in the way that they did late on. They've got a lot of aerial ability. They were starting to have quite a lot of set pieces. Duncan Duffy are dangerous at those set pieces. In those circumstances, Kiate and Benteke add a lot of height and a lot of ability to challenge for the ball in the box. So, you know, it made sense from that perspective. So I think the two don't necessarily end up with one causing the other, but they do kind of go to slightly hand in hand. Um, so, so I don't, yeah, I mean, I, I don't see those subs as being particularly determinative of, of where things went. I just think it's it's the nature of a game like that, that two good teams who are going at one another and more or less cancelling each other out for most of the game the one that ends up unfortunately behind, I think it was a fairly even game, is always going to press late uh, in the way that Brighton did. Also, I think if Will Hughes was match fit, it'd be him that comes on for Chiarty. And Benteke would have been the hero if, if Ayu had looked up and just squared it back to Benteke. He had a tap yeah, in, yeah, so yeah. we'd all be going, what a brilliant substitution that was. Yeah, so yeah. I think Ayu is starting to be a bit of a problem child for me. I think if, if, if I've got one issue with Vieira. I know Vieira after said he picks him because he, he comes in off that side and and helps as an extra midfielder against good footballing teams, but I don't think he's doing a lot else, to be perfectly honest. He's, and he, in, a, in a team where Ward is, it seems to me Ward is adapting really well to the pace and the energy of the younger players, and IU doesn't. It just gets everything so slow, and, and you see that in front of us in the first half. It gets to IU and, and everything stops. It's while he, while he Stands around looking to see where it goes, whereas on the left-hand side, you know, Mitchell and, and Zahar are always looking to move the ball forward. And I can't see what Ayu's bringing to that party at the moment. And, you know, he's, he's, he's not getting in situations where he's finishing, not particularly creative. And again, the lack of vision he showed then when it was just, I mean, it's simple. We could all see the ball was on to Benteke. Yeah, we've had a lot of questions about Ayu, as you can probably imagine spoon bill mchumpty great name has said uh, <laughs> is asking why Vieira persists with iu this insta fletch has actually said i think uh the criticism of iu is unfair um yes he missed a good chance in the same breath a number of players make mistakes that lead, led to the equalizer which is a fair point as well joe what are your thoughts on iu because I, I i kind of i kind of see i mean kevin's right the comparison between the, the left and the right obviously we are way more effective down the left I kind of see Ayu and Ward really as sort of placeholders for Elise and and I guess Klein slash Ferguson when they are fit as well. So 
But what are your thoughts on on Ayu? Because he is getting a lot of stick at the moment. Yeah, well, I agree with what you say there, and that that both players down that side are ultimately placeholders. But one is adapting and make doing, you know, really showing signs of progress in the meantime, a lot more than the other. And that person is Ward. Um, mm. Ayu, I do you know I, I've I I thought he justified his start on Monday night. I, some of the work he has done in the last couple of games, I can I could appreciate it. But ultimately, if there was a better option, I think they would be there. And I was surprised as, as much as Elise looks to be the long-term per- person for that. I don't know. In a game where we're expected to play a, a, a similarly similar quality football inside, how what's it? I don't know what his defensive game is like yet. I don't know how disciplined he is yet. We don't. Well, we haven't seen. We've seen very little of him, haven't we? Yeah. And, and most of that has been in an attacking sense. I would like to think. Some of the games we've got going forward, like um, I think we've got Newcastle in a couple of weeks. I would like to see us be a bit more positive with our starting eleven and, and try it. If we're going to give Elise a first start, maybe it's in a game like that. Mm. Um, maybe Vieira just wanted to just be a little bit too safe in a in a big game, of, uh, uh, one of our biggest games of the season this early. I think you know what you're getting with Ayu. It's not a massive a massive contribution, but it's a kind of safe bet that you're going to get that kind of six six and a half performance out of ten but yeah i don't i don't uh, even when he won when the season he won player of the year my first thought was i'm i don't even know if he's going to get in the team next season and that's how and that's how it proved it's he's yeah he's probably our third fourth choice striker but and and is just a, a winger second choice but white by default and that's fine and you know but we've we've got value for money out of him over the years okay. and i can't i can't Thought here. I would still like to. I, I think anyone in his position last night for that chance. You're right. Benteke was in actually loads of space, but I think most forward-thinking players are probably just going to tunnel vision, get the shot away. Uh, you think just put it on target uh, at least. You know that that was it was just a bad miss, and yeah, that that that's when the dread, the little bit of the Palace dread kicks in and going. Oh, you, you, we're used to ruin those kind of chances, so I hope we get another. Well, it doesn't help when the stat pops up during the game that he hasn't scored from his last twenty nine shots in thirty five <laughs> games. You think, well, there's another one to add to it. So, thanks, Jordan. Um, I tell you what, let's let's move on then um, from part one. In part two, uh, we've got an article from the Athletic. Uh, so, do you want to send? My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. 
SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, SelectQuote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote. We shop. You save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. Welcome back to the 5 Pound Podcast. Hey. Pod 396. Uh, this is the part where we're sponsored by The Athletic, bringing you every football story that matters. The Athletic is the home of the best collection of football reporters, storytellers, and analysis. Analysis? Analysis in world football. That's why um, yeah, I'm not working for them. Uh, from breaking club news and exclusive interviews to brilliant features and tactical analysis, The Athletic is football news you can trust and football writing you can feel. Get all access to exclusive stories ad-free. And if you go to theathletic.co.uk, sorry, if you go to theathletic.com, they probably both work. Slash FYP, uh, you can get 50% off your annual subscription to The Athletic. That's theathletic.com, or code UK, slash FYP. Uh, that's 30 quid a year for sports journalism, journalism. That brings you closer to the action. Wow, I'm performing like Jordan I on this week's pod. Um, this week's article is by Matt Wisdom, and it's called This Palace Team Are a Completely Different Beast Under Vieira. And I'm going to read you a section from it now. This reinvention of playing style is almost alien at Palace. They have, for the most part, long been a counter-attacking team trying to soak up pressure and take their chances when they arrive. It's a welcome change and a refreshing one. Vieira may not have been a first-choice appointment, and by this extension, this way of playing was not necessarily always on the cards, but it seems to fit. It has, at the very least, been embraced by players and fans alike. In this fixture three and a half years ago, where all five goals in a 3-2 Palace victory came in the frantic opening 34 minutes, there was a sense that the players were up for it. They knew what it meant, and they reflected that in their approach during the early stages of the game. It felt like that again on Monday night at Selhurst. Um, Kevin, we touched on it in part one. Palace are a different beast under Vieira, and and it has... It has happened quickly, and this was another sort of checkpoint along the way. And I think you know Vieira passed really with flying colours. Uh, first of all, I like the idea of reading. You can feel that's Braille, isn't it? <laughs> Essentially, which is I'm pleased they're doing that. Um, it, I think it's a really good article by Matt, as usual. I think what it doesn't reflect is what we said right at the start: the quality of the opposition that we've that we've played against. We've played against, as I say, two teams who were top and two teams who could go top. West Ham, Spurs, Liverpool, and now Brighton, God forbid, could have gone top. You know. But we've played that that level of football, that quality of football against good teams. We've not been beating up Norwich or or, or West Brom or, or like last year or Watford. We've played good football against good teams and consistently good as well. So it's like there was, there was that fear after the Tottenham game that, that was, we wouldn't be able to do that again. And we have. And, and we're we're fitter, we're quicker, we're stronger. We're establishing a style of football that it's taken a bit of getting used to, but it's brilliant. It's just joyful. I mean, it's just, and and the fans are responding. The atmosphere in the last two home games has been, has been fantastic. It's been, it's been really, really good. And, and that's one of the things that I was so disappointed by at the end, because I have to, to 10 minutes after that, game finished if we'd won would have been some of us would still be there now but it's mm-hmm. uh, it's good and it, we are Palace fans are responding and I, I didn't think to be perfectly honest that any change in our style would come 
this quickly, especially what we knew about the way Vieira's played in the past and in his his two other clubs. He wasn't known for throwing caution to the winds, but we're playing a, a completely different sort of football. And it's it's fun to watch. It's, it's like literally looking forward to going to tell us, but once you've checked that the queue isn't actually going back to... So, so I think some of the people outside the homes there were queuing for petrol on, <laughs> on Monday night and just happened to get in the wrong queue. But that, that notwithstanding that, you're actually looking forward to turning up at, at Palace. And yeah. It's, it's, it's fantastic. And and also, we're still in the middle of a really, really tough start to the season. But if we, we get through the next couple of games, then we get into a little spell of, of teams that we would be looking to beat last year. And if we play the sort of football we've been playing against the top teams, we're going to pick up some some points and it's it, it's great I mean I, I I really can't say anything else other than that I'm almost lost for words because it's just so different so quickly but yeah well this is the thing Joe actually I think that I think we all hoped that this sort of thing would happen under Vieira and we knew that recruitment was a big part of that but it has happened very quickly we had a question from Dale Thomas Henry hi Dale who says how surprised are we that how well the team are playing I think it was something we all hoped would happen but it, it, it does seem to have happened in, incredibly quickly yeah, I mean, when when did Vieira come in? Sort of first week of July, second yeah. week of July? Yeah. And uh, some of those players weren't really till start of August. Well, a bunch didn't come in till the second game, did they? And Gallagher not till the third in terms of playing time. Mm. I It's just, um, yeah, I, I, I'm amazed it's happened so quickly. Or given the opposition that we've had... You might. I was expecting to see some signs and reasons to things to cling on to that were positives for a, a couple months later. Whereas we get the opposition changes, but we're shining. We're playing really well in these games as well. To the point where we were unlucky at Anfield, genuinely, despite the scoreline. Um, Tottenham. You know, I think the perhaps we were the the perception of us from the outside. It was it, our performance was probably masked how good we were by the fact the red card maybe hid how well we played before yeah. that red. Yeah. Um, and, and Monday night was an, another great example of that. Brighton are a media darling in terms of how they play and the chance they create and the football they play. And we matched them more than matched them. So that, that's been, that's really exciting. You know, I, I was ready to do fetal position until mid October <laughs> and just kind of, <laughs> we protect ourselves from the the knife sharpening. You know, you shouldn't have let Hodgson go. Da, 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 yeah, da. Yeah. And I just that's that's all just been shed so much quicker than I thought. And isn't that nice? I mean, even the most the pessimists amongst us, the, the biggest worry when you're trying to be more expansive is, oh, are we going to? How much are we going to concede at the back as a result? Are we going to be really fragile? And it just hasn't really played out like that. I mean, set, the set pieces at Anfield were a real frustration but um something that encouraged me on monday you're right andy um when benteki and kiati essentially came on because we were conceding a lot of free kicks in in our own half and that was getting a bit nervy you can see our lack of height but one thing i was quite surprised by um edward defending corners he basically slotted straight in for what benteki does which is win the ball at the near post and get it out he actually did it himself a couple of times i wouldn't have really have Expected him to be of that, have that in his skill set. Doesn't seem particularly tall, but that's kind of promising. Where even you know some of the things we're worried about at the back for for, for a more attacking and positive attitude, some of those players can still muck in and do that stuff. And yeah, I just I'm I don't I'm not I'm not fearing any game going into 
I'm, I'm looking forward to it and I'm, it's not going to be a, can we nick something or are we going to turn up today? It's like, no, this is a, t- a load of players who back themselves and the more they play together, the more it's going to click. And yeah, as, as Kevin said, the fans are just absorbing it anyway. It's, I mean, we're desperate to be back after the pandemic, but on, to, the, to, to be met with the, what we are playing, it, it's, it's, it feels really fun at the moment. I've, I've, it's that kind of energy again of, you know, first season in the Premier, you know, that's kind of that promotion season where this is all new and fun again. And it hasn't felt like that for a little bit. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It is. It totally is. It totally is fun being back at Palace, and uh, I, I, I'm clinging on again. We mentioned the Liverpool game to, to Carragher on Monday Night Football, saying he said it numerous times. Palace were really unlucky at Anfield uh, the previous week, and I think when you got someone that prominent saying that, then clearly that is cause to be excited. And well, Klopp, Klopp said it was the toughest three 0 win he'd ever had. Yeah, which was he wasn't being sarcastic for once. It was a proper compliment, and because we stopped Liverpool scoring from open play, yeah, and could have scored ourselves, and that's where the frustration is that three goals from defensive errors, and again the goal the other night was from a defensive error. So, yeah, that is something to keep an eye on. But otherwise, you know, even I think even Andy Street, the corners of Andy Street's mouth turned up a couple of times <laughs> during Monday's game. That was an upside down frown, Kevin. Wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, points-wise, Andy, obviously we all talked in the summer about it being a difficult game, a uh, difficult, sorry, opening run. Uh, Robin Mickelberger's message saying, how many points did the panel honestly expect to have at this point? Six is far more than I expected. It's, it's probably, it's probably, yeah, it's what I would have hoped for, certainly after this run of games. Um, and I guess as well, when you've got, when you are having a big transition, and actually Joe's point about the fans being back in is really interesting, because actually maybe that, it feels like actually it's, it was perfect timing to do this big change and have a new manager because the newness of being back anyway will make everyone more excited. But to make anything like this work, you have to have everyone on board. And it does feel like the fans are on board, the players are on board, the staff are on board. It does feel like everyone's buying into this because if you don't have people buying into this big transition, it's not going to work. But it does feel like everyone is is on board for this. It does. I mean, uh, for me, I look at this slightly differently from some others. The thing I've been most encouraged by is the defence. You know, it's really quite stark, the, the paucity of really clear-cut chances that we're giving up. And with all the mistake, all the goals we've given up so far, it's not been because people are playing through us. It's been a series of, you know, quite silly individual errors. But in terms of how they play as a system, I think they've been absolutely fantastic. The two centre-backs that have come in, it's, you know, they're both obviously excellent players, but it's extraordinary how quickly they've gelled together and the understanding they've generated... I don't think we're quite yet there in terms of attacking play. We're not creating enough chances yet for all the, uh, you know, prettier interplay and the aggression higher up the pitch to win the ball back. So, so that needs to come. But yeah, I mean, in terms of everyone buying into the transition, it's a lot easier to buy into a transition when you're not conceding loads of goals and you actually look good as a, a defensive unit and you're not being embarrassed. The reason everyone obviously didn't buy into the, the ball transition, which was you know, like night and day compared to now is because it was so defensively naive. It was, it was, basically on the border of farce, wasn't it? Whereas now it's, you know, Patrick Vieira knows this league and he knows what it means to set up a good defensive unit. And that's what we've seen so far. And and that to me has been a real positive. And yeah, you referenced the points tally. We've got a point in game so far that keeps you up. Um, When you're going through the type of transition that we're going through, 38 points would at the end of the day, you know, I know some will view that as a bare minimum and be me being not all that ambitious, but frankly, that the amount of turnover that we've had in terms of players and, 
new manager, new coaching staff. I don't think that would be the, the worst outcome of all. And yeah, I think long may that defensive solidity continue, hopefully. But it, it, the points tally comes back again to what we said over and over is the teams that we played. If, if we played Brentford and Norwich and Southampton and Newcastle and, and only had those points, then you'd be worried. But we've played four top teams and we've got those points and I'm I, think, I think it's yeah, well I think we broke Tottenham Tottenham were top of the team Tottenham had beaten City deservedly remember in their first game so I think they're playing badly now because we broke them essentially but the the, the, the argument about the atmosphere is really interesting because I'm still 100% convinced that if games have been played behind closed doors this season I don't think Steve Parrish would have been so keen to replace Roy Hodgson I think the replacement came because he knew that fans wouldn't want to come back to the sort of football that we've been playing in the last two seasons, certainly behind closed doors. It's like, yeah, you tolerate it when you're sitting watching it at home because mm-hmm. you can get up and, and go and make a cup of tea or get something out of the fridge or whatever. But I, I think he genuinely worried that he wouldn't sell as many tickets to watch that, that sort of football again. So I think that, I, I think that sort of focused his mind somewhat to say, well, this change has got to come. And let's let's bring the change now when the fans are going to be, as you said, JD, the fans are going to be positive and upbeat anyway because they're back. So they're more likely to, to, to tolerate the change now than they may have been. So, yeah, but, but whatever the reason what, and whatever the timing, we just have to enjoy it. And also, it doesn't look like it's going to be temporary. That's the, that's the really exciting thing. It's, this looks like it's an upward curve. It doesn't look like we've had, you know, we've had a couple of full storms in the past where you've had two good games on the spin. And you think, great, we've cracked it. And then you go back to the the conservative sort of football. And that, we're not we're not doing that. It's just really encouraging. Absolutely, it really is. Um, let's uh, move on to part three. Then, before we do that, of course, uh, you can read that article by Matt and many more on Palace um, at the Athletic. If you go to theathletic.com forward slash FIP, you can get fifty percent off your annual subscription. That's just thirty quid a year. So uh, that's theathletic.com forward slash FIP. Um, after the break, something else. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. My brother-in-law died suddenly, and now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. 
Full details on example policies at selectquo.com slash commercials. Welcome back to part three of the Five Fan Podcast. Hey. Hey. It's that part of the show where we split. So patrons, uh, you'll be getting winners and losers, and non-patrons, you'll be getting um, a clip from the post-match podcast with Robin Selzy. Uh, so if you want to uh, hear the full post-match podcast and hear our winners and losers, go to patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. But for now, we will do a split uh, now. Just a very frustrating outcome to a performance that I thought Crystal Palace did well enough from for pretty much 70-odd minutes of the game. And then just it just seemed to fall to pieces a little bit. And, and the one time, after all of that focus, you, the one moment where, where you would have wanted them to have been more focused for, for the, the last minute, last 60 seconds, even 30 seconds of the game, it just seemed to drop off, didn't it, Adam? Yeah, I mean, it was it was a couple of errors. Uh, Christian Benteke pulls out wide. The goalkeeper's intention is to try and find him. He should... Uh, the reason he goes and stands on the touchline is the ball goes out of play if it's too high, or Christian Benteke can head the ball back inside and behind them. But the one thing you don't want to do is kick it right down their throat because the ball gets headed back and returned, and that's exactly what happened. Then, but given Vicente's mistake, and I put the kiss of death on all of this stuff because in the five minutes previously, I was talking to the lad sitting next to me saying, hey, how reliable he is. But then put the caveat in, two games can't be the same, can they? Wilfred Zaha scoring a penalty and us conceding an injury time uh, equaliser to Brighton. And uh, sure enough, uh, that's exactly what happened. So, but I thought actually... Um, I was just in the lounge and Alan Smith, the former manager, was chatting Smithy to all the punters about the game and uh, he thought that we should have won the game hands down but I didn't quite share the same uh, feeling. I thought we played really, really well in the first half. We were on the front foot, we we were on top of the game, we didn't really give them a sniff. But again, a bit like the Tottenham game, and I know I got criticised by lots of the punters for saying this, we didn't look like scoring a goal particularly as dominant as we were in the game. And when the penalty came, that was the that got us going and got us in front, and I thought in the end it was going to see us through. But statistically, when you look at the game, they had a few percent a higher possession than us. There were eight attempts on goal by either side. They had four on target. We had three. We had one more corner than they did. It was a pretty tight contest. So, all told, much as it pains us, it's probably the right result. I think the manner in which it's happened, where, for like you say, for 70 minutes, we didn't get into too much trouble. And then Jordan Ayew missing the killer chance, crucial chance to put the game beyond them. You know, you leave the door open and this is top top flight Premier League football with the best players in the world. And this is what happens, you know. And so, in the end, you know, disappointed with the outcome. But I think, you know, we, you know, it was a passionate, passionate crowd and it was fantastic, really. The first half full of energy and endeavour and vigour. But I still think we're missing like a... 
a little bit in terms of our attacking threat. I mean, it seems to be very uh, left-hand side. Um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Tyrick Mitchell is getting very advanced. Wardy, not so much on the right side. I thought Wardy had a brilliant game, to be fair to him, defensively. But he and Jordan Ayew are not offering the same threat on the right-hand side that Wilfred and Tyrick Mitchell. And Tyrick Mitchell is probably, we talked about this the other day, but the biggest bonus now because he is the beneficiary of, of our sort of upturning form. He's the one that's really upped his game, having looked a bit awkward early on. And again, today I'm pleased because the the first half, we haven't, we, the last couple of games, we haven't had that 15 or 20 minutes where we look really awkward in possession and uncomfortable. That seems to have passed. So whatever we're doing, and uh, Patrick Vieira and the guys are doing, there's certainly a you know, the players are becoming more and more comfortable in playing the system. And I don't think there's too much wrong with that now. We look comfortable even when we're taking some risks defensively. We don't look all awkward and clunky. I'm pleased with it, but I think the disappointment is we're just lacking that bit of sort of cutting edge, really, at the top end of the pitch. I think, was that the sixth league game and the and the seventh with the League Cup against the Premier League team this season. And obviously there's Liverpool, Chelsea, Brentford and who else do we, I think there's three or four. West we have at West Ham, we took the point off. I'm trying to think, We were there three games, four games we haven't scored this year? I'm trying to think, or three, is it three? It's, it's, yeah, it's three. Yeah, we Liverpool, didn't score Brentford. against Liverpool, Brentford or Chelsea. Yeah. And the other three games were West Ham two goals uh, Tottenham three and one tonight oh none against uh, Watford in the cup so so four out of the seven games against Premier League opposition we haven't scored and I think that's the was the hardest thing to do in the Premier League you know and there's probably just a little bit of a lack of a cutting edge but maybe Michael Elise and the return of uh, Eberetje Eze might just um address that for us but I think that's the that's probably the bit we're missing because I thought Luca had a really good game tonight yeah. before he took him off and um I think he uh he certainly offered us uh plenty you know he's good on the ball particularly first half he's really getting on the ball and trying to get us playing forward passes I thought he made I thought he made a really positive difference to us in there so I think Pluses and minuses, isn't it? That's it. I think the, the 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 frustrating thing was, especially in the second half, um, from, uh, one of our patrons um, uh, put up a statistic that we lost possession 35 times in this game. 16, Brighton comparatively lost it 16 times. Of the 35 times, 25 of those occasions came in the second half, which I think there was an element of panic. It was a, a bit of a weird one. I think I was... I was talking to another one of our patrons who sits next to me, Matt, um, about how, about what I was seeing in the second half. And there was, it was an element of, of falling deeper and deeper in order to protect that one nil lead, which it kind of made sense, but it almost felt like all that positive work that they did in the first half was kind of, it, it was like they forgot it almost that, 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 competing and recycling the ball and moving it and, and trying to... Prov- Basically, if Brighton don't have possession, they can't do anything with it. And and, and then 
then it just ends up with these small moments, you know, these these small margins that that make all the difference. There was the the foul on on um, Guaita, which then, having cleared the ball and the ball going out for a throw in, the referee then gives a free kick to Guaita. Guaita's hurt his shoulder and is is a little bit patchy about it, and and obviously a little bit hurt by what happened. And it it just for that split second they just lost the composure. Um, but I also think, I also think, to some extent, the substitutions didn't hugely favour Palace. Brent, Benteke was, I, I thought, disappointing. Really, in terms of his, in terms of what we know he's capable of doing, and in terms of how he actually responded in the game, he just didn't do enough. He didn't hold the ball up enough. He didn't try and bring enough players into into the game. There were moments where he was just a little bit slow to respond and a little bit kind of ponderous. And it, it, I, I get it. It's difficult to come on in a match like that and, and not, you know, not, you know, struggle to come to, to contribute. But, I just wish he'd have done a bit more. And then, as you say, the Jordan Ayew moment. That goal goes in, that changes the game completely. There would have been... I don't think there was any way Brighton would have come back into it. But but we've seen we've seen that for 30 or 40 games this season, where yeah. Jordan isn't contributing in terms of actually being a threat. He does a lot of work. Yeah. He does a lot of running. He does a lot of, of kind of dog's body stuff. But he needs to be more of a threat. You I, know, said to, I said to my pal when we were 1-0 up, I'll take Jordan Ayew off, but we're 1-0 up, so I'd leave him on, you know, because <laughs> yeah. of the because of the work he yeah. does off the ball and carries it and gets you out of trouble. But I was wondering whether Elise would provide us with a, a bit more of a dynamic threat and get yeah. us up the pitch, maybe. But I think also, Rob, we've got to give a lot of credit, much as it will pain us and most of the people listening, to Graham Potter, because... I used to say this to the lads all the time at youth team level. When you're in the game, you've got to think and understand when you are right in the ascendancy of the game. Because no two halves will ever be the same. And if you are in that spell in the first half like we are, we were, sorry, you've got to make it really stick and make sure that you're out of sight by the time, because as soon as you get to that, I think he changed Dan Byrne, didn't he, for Al Zate or whatever at halftime, and then all of a sudden they're creeping back into the game. Yep. And I actually thought, even in the first half, although we were much better, I thought they were very slick in the final third. They were very incisive, the way they moved the ball very quickly and got it behind us. So it gave you a couple of uncomfortable moments. I didn't think we were good enough at getting behind them in the same way. I thought we had a lot of the ball and really sort of were first to everything and the crowd was up and, you know, it was certainly going our way. But it was still mostly in front of, uh, mostly in front of them, and you know Wilfred had the deflected one that um, uh, Robert Sanchez saved low down, and then there was a sort of weak shot on the turn from Edward that was sort of down his throat that he comfortably took. But there wasn't really much of a for for the dominance we had, we didn't really go boom, work the keeper, work the keeper, chance, chance, chance. And it's a derby game, if you want to call it that or whatever. And so that makes it a little more difficult. And mm. chances, I said before the game, he said, one of my mates said to me over dinner tonight in there, what do you think the score's going to be? I said, I've no idea. I said, we could win 3-0, we could lose 3-0, could be 0-0, no action, 3-3, loads of goals, it'll probably be a one-all draw, is what I said to him. And 
it's uh, but I didn't know what to expect. I thought it would be a very good game. And for that sort of derby game, there weren't too many tackles or anything too ridiculous. It was generally two sides trying to play very good football. It was a great contest. But I just think we need to... I think this sort of you know revolution and that we're changing everything, which we're changing a lot. And it's a working, you know, a work in progress, really. Um, but we must, we must, we must sort of keep a, a sensible lid on it because, you know, as well as we're playing, we need to be more incisive and create more chances yeah. and, and score more goals. Thank you very much to our patrons for supporting us there. That's our winners and losers. Um, and if you want to hear more, you're, we've now rejoined the public feed. If you want to hear more, our winners and losers and post-match pods, go to patreon.com forward slash FYP podcast. Um, after the break, something else. Just joking. Questions. My brother-in-law died suddenly. And now my sister and her kids have to sell their home. That's why I told my husband we could not put off getting life insurance any longer. An agent offered us a 10-year, $500,000 policy for nearly $50 a month. Then we called SelectQuote. SelectQuote found us identical coverage for only $19 a month, a savings of $369 a year. Whether you need a $500,000 policy or a $5 million policy, Select Quote could save you more than 50% on term life insurance. For your free quote, go to SelectQuote.com. SelectQuote.com. That's SelectQuote.com. Select Quote. We shop, you save. Full details on example policies at SelectQuote.com slash commercials. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the Fabulous Time Podcast. Hey! Uh, part four, so it's question time from our listeners. Uh, right, DC has a question. Hi, DC. Hey, DC. He says, where the bloody hell is the corner? And once we find it, will we turn it? Um, Andy, I think maybe we need to have a cull on corner questions, maybe, for a while, because uh, we seem to get them most weeks. You've encouraged this because you ask them out uh, every single week when they're sent in. So I, I've got no sympathy for you, JD. Uh, and yeah, I'm not going to answer that question because that type of repetitive content for, for Kevin. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for the patrons. Okay, let's move on to hear one from Tim Mayers. Hi, Hi Tim. Tim. He says, why did Brighton start out the Iron Brighton? Nicely done. Um, celebrate a draw like they won the league. They had their chance to go top and they bottled it. Why act like they earned a trophy? Uh, we touched on this in part one, Joe, didn't we? And actually, Yannick Balassi did tweet out something very similar. I think he said that the fans are celebrating that like they've unlocked a new level, yeah. which is an excellent way of putting it. Um, but we would have done the same, wouldn't we? It's just one of those things. Yeah. It's your defence mechanisms. You take what you can. Uh, you know, we, we, what we were saying at the start of the episode, as I was walking out of up Homesdale Road, I was going, oh, you know, it, it would have been us, it's normally what us doing that, you know, so, you know, this is about time. You, 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 all these stupid things that you don't really mean, but you're just trying to 
reassure yourself. But I think that was their way. They'd had a miserable night up to that point, completely miserable. And I think maybe if we're doing winners and losers on the regular part, maybe Norwood Junction was a winner because I think if we'd have lost, that might have been hell on earth. Uh, sorry, if, if they'd have lost, they might have been a real, uh, that might not have gone down so well. But yeah, they've just, that's, that's all they could hold on to. That was their one straw they could clutch. So let them out. Well, that's all they can have. Yeah, let, let them yeah. have it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was, yeah, exactly. It, it could have been a much worse night for them. Uh, shame it wasn't. But as I said before, the positives for us far sort of outweigh that. Um, here's a question from Nine Dorf. Hi, Nine. Nine. Um, they say, is Lucas' time up? He's absolutely a Palace legend, but I think there's other players that should start ahead of him now. Cheers, Nick from Brisbane. Hello, Nick. Hello, Brisbane. Hi, Nick. Um, but on the flip side, Miles Loden, hello, Miles. Uh, Hi, Miles. Said, Hi, Miles. The mix of Luca, Jimmy, and Connor in the middle looks a strong. Looks strong if they can keep fit. Um, people seem to be always mixed on Luca, don't they, Andy? But I have to agree with Miles. I think that midfield mix at the moment, actually, with Luca sitting and the energy of MacArthur and Gallagher, does seem to actually blend quite well. I think they had a really good game. I mean, I I, I agree. It does. It's it's got a good mix to uh, not be porous and to win the ball back. The only thing it doesn't yet have is to hark back to what I said in the other parts is it's chance creation. None of those really so far appear to have, you know, an excellent passing behind or anything of that type or the ability to pick people out. Connor has that a bit more than the other two. Um, the other two are sort of a bit more about ball retention or certainly in Lucas case, just sitting and winning it back. But I, yeah, I, I think it'd be harsh to drop Luke. And I don't necessarily view it at the moment. Like we've got much better options for that particular position that mean it's an obvious choice to drop him. And I think if he continues the way that he played on on Monday, I think it'd be incredibly harsh. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I've gone back to really liking Luca this season. I, I I think the last year or so, post that new contract when he was linked with a, moves to Italy and stuff, it was it made sense to tie him down. And but the performances, it, it, he made a lot of kind of gave the ball away a lot. There was that uh, this horrible triangle we used to do, particularly at home games of. Um, Van Aanholt, Luca, and a centre-back. And they were just nervously passing between each other without ever going anywhere until one of them gave it away. And I that sort of affected my perception of him for a while because that was all he ever seemed to be. He was often at fault for a lot of chances given away. And I thought maybe that was his time up, you know, because of the unfortunate circumstances with his family this summer that perhaps we, you know, it's outside, out of mind. And Vieira saying we need another person in, whether that's a Will Hughes or someone else. And I thought maybe he's not going to get into this team. Maybe Vieira's got an idea of these are my starting midfielders. Um, but the, I think the real kind of uh, sign that maybe he's got a big future still with Palace was, I think, the Tottenham game. When the red card happened, we thought, right, he's going to bring another winger or another striker on, and we're just going to get in their faces. His first choice, uh, first change of substitution was Luca coming on. And it was almost just like, that's that's going to be the protective barrier, but someone is also going to be trying to keep attacks running and, and, and start chances and opportunities. And he's kind of kept that role since. And I, I like it. I thought he was great yesterday. I think he probably came off because again, we mentioned height on set pieces, but also maybe he's not fit to do 90 yet, really. So in a high intensity game like that. So I have, I'm, I'm, I'm happy again with him in that position, which I probably wasn't six months ago, which is, that's great. 
Yeah, me too. Uh, there was the um, there was the red card against Derby around that time as well, and I think there was a lot of just a lot of sort of moments where you thought, oh, that could be, you know, that could be it for Luca. But mm. he's one of those players I know divides uh, fan opinion, but there has to be. He clearly commands a lot of respect inside the club and on the training ground, and and I, I guess that's happening with Vieira as well. And almost maybe you know, sort of the turnover in players and staff, Will Hughes and people coming in. Hopefully, maybe it's a bit of competition for, for Luke. I've got to say as well, if I'm going to trust way. anyone's opinion on central midfielders, it's probably going to be Patrick Vieira. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, right, let's move on to uh, another question. Uh, here's one from Neil Price. Hi, Neil. Hi, Neil. He says, would you rather have had last year's away result and performance or yesterday's results and performance? You'll always take the result don't you in isolation of course you do um but yeah it's it's almost like having a a really bad kebab at the end of a night you know you know how you feel the next day after a game like that we just kind of go that was oh you couldn't do that every weekend whereas what's happened now this on monday night you can just see i i think we're going to win more games than we lose playing like that and what is that more like a sort of gourmet three course meal? I, su- I suppose you feel you feel a bit better after it the next day. Is, is that what vegans feel like? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never I'll never know. <laughs> probably, yeah, probably. Andy, what would you have rather taken then? Uh, well, you'd probably rather take the win with you. <laughs> I think I'll go with, but yeah, I mean I I wasn't quite as dissatisfied with the draw, I think, as some people were. I think it was a, a slightly more even game than some people were necessarily giving credence to when you look at the numbers. And um so yeah, even even with the manner of it, I, I still enjoyed the game. I still thought you know it was a, a pretty decent performance from Palace, still a decent spectacle. So um, I'm not going to be massively churlish and say that it was terrible or anything like that. I think if this game happens late April, you take the result. September, you're looking at bigger picture. Six games in, and the bigger picture, as you're saying, Joe, is that you know we are on. Uh, what would Kevin call it earlier? The direction of travel. You know, is, is yeah, exactly. So. Six games in, I think you're looking at that and you can panic later on in the season. You know, who knows? We might. I don't think we will, but, you know, it's all context really, isn't it? Speaking of food, if on food puns, um, Matt Tassel. Hi, Matt. Says, um, do we blame the paella? Oh, that's uh, harsh. But that would be, that'd be, that'd be blaming Julian Speroni as well, wouldn't it? By implication then. <laughs> yeah. The lovely Marina Speroni. So we can't do that. Can't do that. <laughs> but wasn't that, Joe, wasn't that a lovely photo? What just a fantastic photo that did very well on social media. Yeah, I found it quite heartwarming because I, I, obviously there was a crossover with them at the club, right? It can't have been very long, but it, yeah. it must have Julie Jules's third choice. But um, yeah, it's nice that Spro- well, it's good to see Julian doing well. I, I think when he said, because remember when he left, he did say, I'm not retiring. I'm actually hoping to get another club. I was quite disheartened to see when that didn't happen. So it's, it's good to get, I get the occasional update from Marina that, you know, he's still looking after himself and doing all right and keeping us, he's, uh, even though he's not at the club anymore, he's definitely someone you'd like to have around players. Someone like, you know, that he's just such a nice guy and a, a warm guy that I can imagine. Yeah. That, that's, you know, Quite, he's not having any uh, bad influences around him. You know, it's just good eggs, good eggs. <laughs> Jules is the best egg, really. Um, yeah. There was a photo. He came back and did something. Pass for life, possibly coaching course or 
under 23 or something, he was back at some point doing something. So I think if there's any any ex-Palace player, and I know that's a trend at the moment coming back, I think fans would love to see Julian back at some point. He's just a proper Palace legend and clearly a very good cook as well. So, which we know from his restaurant anyway. Maybe we can Indeed. get him as head of catering or something, but no, it's lovely. What it I is. Know is where on earth do you put away a pan that big? <laughs> like... What so you can't put that in a cupboard? You can't put that in a on a shelf in a dishwasher. Like, <laughs> you, you, how do you wash it? Yeah, do you have like a sky hook that you hang it from? I mean, maybe hose it that, down. That, in a, that, hose it down on a garden. I mean, that probably just shows how negative I am. That was my first worry when I saw that picture. <laughs> no, that how clearly, on earth that, is he going to store a dish that big? But that is clearly when you're an expert in paella cooking, you have a dish that big. You know, when there's someone like me that does it, you know, with HelloFresh or whatever then you use your normal pan. When you're an expert, you have a paella pan. So obviously that's what Jules slash Vinny are. So uh, anyway, yeah, we should say Marina's for only thank you for the, the updates because they are fantastic photos. So we do, as fans, love to see Julian updates. Um, last question then from Joe Oz 94 Hi, Joe. Hi, Jack. He says, and this is something we did touch on in part one, I think. He said, I thought defensively, by the 95th minute, the back four looked excellent last night. Only concerns is that Anderson, last night, Ambi West Ham, looked slightly susceptible to long ball over the top and Ward's lack of attacking intent. That being said, is this now our strongest back four at the club or could Klopp be moved into a full-back role to offer a bit more going forward? What do you think, Joe? I think Mitchell's performance over the last three games, probably since half-time at West Ham, I, I couldn't I couldn't drop him. I couldn't risk putting Schlupp there. I, th- I thought Mitchell did more than enough attacking assistance with Wilf down that left-hand side on Monday night. Uh, and that, that, that relationship's only ever going to get better and better, I think. Um, I, is it our strongest that we've had for some time? Possibly. I, I, I can't remember what game it was where we had a load of... We got a load of blocks in and, and you know... It's the goals we have conceded, as, as Streety said a couple of times. It's been more personal mistakes, but not necessarily howlers that make you have no faith in the defence. If that's, mm. it's quite a small discrepancy, a difference, but it is a big. It's also one that does change how you feel about them. I'm confident in how they're going to be moving forward. I've got a lot more faith in Ward now. Yes, he's not long term, as we said. I really hope that if it's not Klein or Ferguson, hopefully, bless him is fit enough and is the player that we signed when he comes back that that will be the long term and we will see that change eventually but the center backs they're going to get better they if we're seeing some chinks in the armor it's we're not we didn't lose on monday night and i think there's 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 mistakes that could have led to defeats in that game and we'd have been really kind of upset um like for example I think Gay's recovery pace has helped out a lot with some of the long balls over the top that have caught them out. Whereas that goal at the end, it was almost like you're too close to the goal to get caught and then have recovery pace to deal with it. So that, but that stuff could get worked on. And I've, from what we've seen so far, got no reason to doubt Vieira uh, and Roberts, the, the sort of who seems to be the tactical mind of the backroom staff. Who also, by the way, I don't know if you've seen, keeps getting spotted at loads of games over the weekend. He was at Arsenal. He was at, what's the other game? Basically, they kept doing close-ups of people who were around him. And he'd be like, and then he'd be like the row or second in front. Um, He was at a cup game in the week as well, I think. Oh no, that was it. He was at Brighton. Brighton played, I want to say Swansea in the cup in the week. And he was there. So yeah, I I, I, I trust that. They're not just going to leave that, are they? And, And, you know, they're going to work on it the same way they probably worked on the set pieces after 
the Anfield game and that we weren't nowhere near as weak. You know, we're still going to be vulnerable height-wise, but in terms of there's still stuff you can do to prevent it. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to leave it to them at this point. <laughs> They're the experts. Now, obviously, put um, individual errors, you hope, are something that can be worked on rather than systemic issues, which we're not mm. seeing at the moment. And actually, Andy, um, we... Joe's mentioned Mitchell there. We didn't mention Mitchell at all in the pod, in the pod so far, but he has been excellent. And, and again, on Monday night, really, really was superb. Yeah, he's improving that attacking play. The one thing we knew already from his, I guess, really quick, meteoric indeed, rise into the team was that he can defend. We, 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 we knew that. And that was you know, a great fundamental. The one thing I think that fans were a bit concerned about at the start of the season is, you know, is he going to match the kind of attacking output that we were getting from Patrick van Arnholt? And he's not—he's obviously not at that level yet because Petrano Holt was exceptionally good going forwards, actually. Um, but he's certainly improving. You know, it's a lot more productive. He's building up an understanding with with Wolf on that left, and um, you know, part of the reason there's such a stark contrast with the way things are going on the right isn't just the personnel on the right perhaps not being great going forward. It's the fact that Mitchell's improved so much on on the left, and I think it'd be incredibly harsh on him for him to be dropped for Schlapp. And Schlapp hasn't played in that position now regularly for a very, very long time. Yeah. And Schlapp is far better higher up the pitch and going about his energetic ways in the way that he does. So I, I, I think it's pretty unlikely that that will happen. If there's going to be any change anywhere in that back floor, it's probably going to be at right back um, rather than at left back. And that, again, as Joe's alluded to there, will be dependent on the fitness of the potential two replacements. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, I think that's the end of the questions. Thank you to everyone for sending a question. Really appreciate it. Uh, we've got one more part for this week's pod, and that is, of course, our preview of the Leicester game, which is going to happen after this. ¿No se merece tu familia lo mejor? Entonces, ¿por qué no los mejores huevos? Ahora, Egglands Best están disponibles en deliciosas opciones. Huevos clásicos de gallina libre de jaula y orgánicos de Egglands, que ofrecen un sabor más delicioso y fresco de granja, que le encantará a tu familia. En comparación con los huevos ordinarios, Egglands Best contiene la mejor nutrición como 6 veces más vitamina D, 10 veces más vitamina E y el doble de omega 3 y B12. Solo Egglands Best. Mejor sabor, mejor nutrición, mejores huevos. Visita egglandsbest.com para más información. It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at PenFed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. Welcome back to the 5 Plan Podcast. Hey. Uh, it's part five. It's our preview where we preview the upcoming game. It's Leicester at home, 2 p.m. on Sunday. Uh, not an easy game, Joe. There's always the Vardy factor, of course. And I know he's getting on now, but even so, he got a brace in their last game. So he's obviously still amongst the goals and we know he can cause Palace problems. Um, what are your thoughts and what are your thoughts and fears? going into this game from a Palace perspective? Uh, my thoughts are this is not this is not a vintage Leicester side, not a vintage Rogers Leicester side. I mean, some of the players that have been really influential for them and got them, they should be in the Champions League. I, I'm, I'm, I think two seasons in a row now, 
or last season especially, I think the only day the only day of the season they were not in the top four was the last day of the yeah. season, <laughs> and and they had something very similar to the season before. So they're a really good side when they're purring and at, at, at in in full flow. But this season they have not been that. Some of those more influential players have not shown. Madison has not really clicked yet. yet. Um, whether he was expecting to move away, I don't know. Um, Suyunchu is the other one, the the centre half. He's fallen off a cliff really in terms of uh, international and club form, own goals, red cards, really sloppy mistakes. That uh, Fofana was there, really exciting centre back, has had a potentially season-ending injury already. Um, so, but they still have those threats. They still, as Kevin hinted at at the start, right at the start. That the, the sort of balls over the top that Sanchez was doing for Brighton, um, they're going to be trying that for and putting Vardy through um, with uh, on Sunday. And we'll see. We'll see how brave we are, whether we kind of keep that high line anyway because we back ourselves on recovery pace or just uh, just managing it a bit higher up the pitch. Um, but I, I just think some of the results they've got, you know, they, were, they, were, they scored three against Burnley, but it's... It could have, they could have lost. It could have been a draw in the end, or they had a very lucky sort of late offside. It was it was offside, but it was a VAR saved them right at the death. Um, and they, I mean, they got. Think of our results comparatively. They lost four one to West Ham, yeah, quite handsomely. Um, they they've beat Norwich. They've beat Wolves one nil. They lost to Brighton. So that I I I, I think we I think we'll. I don't think we'll play any differently. I think we'll go at them in the same way that we went on Monday night and, and approach as we did the sort of home games thus far. And I, I back us to get something out of it. They'll have their threats, but so do every team in the Premier League at the moment. And I just think they're a bit of a, they're not, they're not, they're not Leicester haven't been themselves yet. They haven't really truly clicked as they, as we have seen them before. So I think, you know, if we can get, get the atmosphere going again, like it has the last couple of home games, um, and not go behind. That's another thing. We haven't gone behind at home yet. And I think that when we have had sort of toxic atmospheres at Sellers, it's been if we've gone behind in the first half and not really recovered quickly enough. I think we can just get on top of them on a Sunday. I, I, yeah. Let's, why not? That I, I, I just back us at the moment. I just really positive. It's not, we're, we're not a fully formed team yet, but I just, yeah, let's do it. I think, I think, well, there. What's the fear against uh, Leicester side at the moment? No, I completely agree. I'm sort of feeling confidence, but it, it almost feels like Palace are a team on the up, and Leicester possibly a team on the way down, or at least a team that are sort of maybe struggling a bit, as you say, from previous couple of seasons. I should say I got it wrong. Vardy actually scored three goals against Burnley at the weekend. Of course, one of them was mm. an own goal. Um, but yeah, I, I guess we have to be confident going into this one, Andy, don't we? And, and, and are we expecting a sort of similar setup from Vieira? going into it as we had on, on Monday night. And actually, just really quickly, Joe's point about not going behind at home. We were 30 seconds away from our third game this season without conceding at home, you know, which which obviously would be a very decent start of the season. Yeah, third consecutive home clean sheet, wouldn't it? Um, which would have been fantastic. I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm not expecting him to change radically. Um, obviously, he made a few changes after the Liverpool game, which you kind of understand after a loss. But I think the manner of the, the game and how it went on, Monday, you know, will he put Benteke back in for Edouard? Probably not after the way they've respectively played. Um, he's not going to change the back four. He's not going to change the goalkeeper, I wouldn't have thought. I, I think he's he seems to really like Jimmy Mack, seems to um, love Conor Gallagher, and rightly so. About the only change you could potentially see is 
is maybe IE for Elise, but then he may not, you know, yet be convinced of Elise's work off the ball or his ability to be quite as canny as I can be in winning free kicks and that sort of thing. So I'm expecting it to be a similar sort of lineup. Um, I completely agree with both of your comments on how Leicester are looking this season and also on how, you know, we've, we've spoken a number of times during this pod on how we're defending. So I'm expecting us not to give up too many chances. And if we do give up any, it's definitely going to be that ball over the top that, that Jay's mentioned a number of times. Um, and there's got to be some concern there with Vardy. What I'm hoping to see from us is just hopefully it clicking a bit more in that final third because for all the good progressive play so far, the chance creation hasn't quite been there. We're not yet creating really big chances. Um, there are some, you know, decent balls into the box and some decent movement in that final third, but we need to see a bit more so that we're not just relying on getting a penalty or getting a man sent off to, to win games. Cause obviously so far we aren't, we're not free scoring so far by any stretch. So I'm hoping to see yeah, a bit more, uh, attacking direction hopefully and I don't see why if we you know approach a game with sort of positivity that we've seen in the last couple we can't get something from it yeah absolutely I suspect that that attacking positivity might be a reason we we will see Elise at some point I think on on Sunday whether it's from the off or later on I think he will he will feature um so there yeah. we go no yeah uh, to, to add to that I think Schlupp has come on a couple of times on the right hand side which I just don't think is ever going to work for him whether it's a fullback or a mid- wide midfield or as a, a one of the front three I think after Monday night if you're going to bring on someone in that position it has to be Elise on that right hand side I just can't see it being anybody else yeah well we'll see I mean that's definitely who the fans want as well so hopefully we'll get to see a bit more Elise because what we've seen so far has been has been very good so I think we want to see a bit more of that um but that's the end of the podcast guys that's the end of this week's pod 396 thank you very much Joe for joining us great to see you again you're welcome always a pleasure top man you'll be on again very soon and andy thank you for joining us you're becoming a bit more of a regular now so it's nice to have you back amongst the squad oh uh good to be back jd top man and thanks to kevin by the way he left i wasn't ignoring him for the last two parts he had to he had to go early uh but thank you as ever for kevin of course we love we love him to bits um don't forget to visit theathletic.com forward slash fyp for 50 percent off your annual subscription to the athletic and if you're a patron person you'll be getting a post-match pod uh from rob and the boys on sunday immediately after that game but otherwise on the public feed we're back next week with another fyp podcast but until then take care and we'll see you again soon goodbye Podcast Network.